Let's do it. And now, shining the spotlight on the future of hockey, Major Junior. Hey, Connor McDavid of the Erie Otters. Matt Barzell of Seattle Thunderbirds. I'm Jonathan Yerudo from the St. John's Sea Dogs. I'm Braden Holpe for the Saskatoon Blades. This is Gabriel Landeskog. I'm playing for the Kitchen Rangers. Hi, this is Sean Couturier from the Drummondville Voltager. Carter Hart of the Everett Silvertips. This is Taylor Hall of the Windsor Spitfire. Nathan McKinnon from the Halifax Moosehead. NCAA. Hey, it's Jack Eichel. I play at Boston University. It's Alex Turcotte. Hey, it's Gail McCarver. Hey, this is Jack Drury. Hey, it's Kyle Connor. Hi, this is Ian Mitchell of the Denver University Pioneers. It's Morgan Barron from Cornell University. Quinn Hughes from the University of Michigan. Hello, this is uh, Jerry York, the coach at Boston College. The World Juniors. My name is Andres Fischko from uh, Team Russia. Hey, it's Joel Farabee from Team USA. It's Norris Sider from Germany. I'm Philip Broberg of the Team Sweden. It's Ellie Paul Lennon. Hey, it's Nikolai Ehlers. It's Matt Sogard. Hi, it's Timo Meyer. Hi, this is Jordan Edwards of Team Canada. The NHL Draft. This is Alexis Lafreniere of the Rimouski Oceanic. Hi, it's Gordon Bicer from the Sudbury Wolves. Connor Zeri from the Camelot Blazers. I'm Alexander Holtz. I'm Lucas Freeman. Cole Perfetti of the Saginaw Spirit. Dylan Hollis from the Wisconsin Badgers. Hey, it's Jake Sanderson. I play for Team USA. Brady Schneider, Katie Dooley. Here's Marco Rossi. I'm from the other sound. And more. Excellent! This is the Pipeline Show. Well, good weekend, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Pipeline Show. My name is Guy Flaming, and a quick thank you to uh, newcomers. If you're this is your first listen of the program, then welcome aboard. I hope you'll be back for more. I know this time of year, there are quite often uh, new newcomers, uh, new listeners to the program as uh, the NHL draft right around the corner. So uh, there will be some uh, new faces and new listeners, uh, new some some new ears giving the program a try. So uh, welcome aboard if you're in that category. Of course, the returning listeners definitely appreciate uh, coming back for more and uh, hope you'll be back. We're pretty much wrapping up Season 16 here uh, in July, and then August every year is the start of the new season. So that'll be happening in the middle of August. Uh, So uh, looking forward to sharing that with all the uh, returning listeners and the subscribers. And um, if you are a patron at patreon.com slash the pipeline show, then obviously huge thank you. I appreciate the support and really enjoying the feedback and the correspondence with uh, with patrons there as uh, we get closer and closer to the draft and I, I'm updating everybody on the players that are uh, scheduled to join me and uh, you know hunt, how I'm hunting down some of the guys and uh, some unsuccessful efforts. But uh, there are some big name guys that I was not able to get on the program this season. This basically today will be the last a bunch of 2016 draft spotlight segments as I've been doing it all year. And in a normal year, you know, in a non-COVID year, probably get about 50, 55, maybe 60 players who are all draft eligible uh, over the course of the season. Uh, This year, I think I totaled up, it's about 40. Um, And that, obviously, there was a big break in the middle of the season. There were some guys I got back in the fall. uh, And then most of them have been since, uh, probably since January, February, somewhere in there. So kind of a late start. Uh, to uh, the draft spotlight segments this year, and that's why, in general, in comparison to, to other years, uh, a few fewer than uh, than most years, but definitely not uh, due to the lack of effort. Uh, some guys were just harder to track down. Uh, some some teams with the stops and starts uh, that ex- a lot of them experience. You look at the OHL, and you got to remember, like all the media people that work for these teams, especially in the OHL. I know it was the same in the WHL for the longest period of time, but. You know, some of the employees were furloughed and stuff, so they weren't even working. Uh, so it was it was definitely a challenge 
in regard to getting the draft eligible players on this year. But uh, I hope you appreciate the ones that uh, did make it onto the program. And I'll have four more for you today. I'll tell you who they are in a moment. I did throw up a question of the week on Twitter. I guess well, how long ago did I do that? I did it on July 4th. So as I'm speaking with you right now, it's it's been four, maybe even five days since I put that question out there. Uh, the question is, uh, how many Edmonton Oil Kings will be selected during the 2021 NHL draft? And I threw up names of a bunch who are draft eligible. A couple of them, it's their second time being eligible. Uh, but uh, in alphabetical order, we got Sebastian Kosa, defenseman Logan Dahaniak, uh, Dylan Gunther up front, uh, goaltender Colby Knight, who was uh, playing second fiddle to Sebastian Kosa this year, which means he didn't get a lot of ice time. Uh, Carson Latimer up front, uh, as is uh, Jalen Lipen. On the back end, we have uh, Ethan Peters and Keegan Slaney and uh, forward Justin Williams draft eligible for the second time as well. Actually, he's going into his 20-year-old season. He'll be in overage with the Oil Kings this coming year. So there's a bunch of names, and I uh, threw it out to the public. Uh, Gary says there'll be four, and he lists Kosa, Gunther, Latimer, and Lipen. And somebody who goes by the handle of Big Guy, he says three, uh, Gunther, Kosa, and Lipen. He says... I think Latimer and Knight will benefit from a full season of exposure to better position themselves for next year's draft. That would be in 2022. You can find that question in my Twitter feed, at TPS underscore Gee, if you want to share your thoughts there. Uh, really, news and notes, going to be super brief because there's not a whole lot happening right now. Of course, the uh, NHL final just wrapped up. Uh, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Really strong uh, playoff. For the Montreal Canadiens as well, I think they exceeded everyone's expectations going into the season. Uh, from the Western Hockey League, uh, quick notes, uh, real quick. Uh, Cross Hannes of the Portland Winterhawks has been added to uh, Team USA's World Junior Summer Showcase uh, roster. The Summer Showcase happening later on in July happens to be going on right about the same time as the uh, draft. So there'll be lots of uh, Swedes and Finns over here as well. The Prince Albert Raiders have signed their CHL import, Tikon Cheka, the uh, goaltender from uh, Belarus, who uh, I pronounce it as Tikon Cheka, but uh, could be completely butchering that. I apologize to him if that's the case. I know the Seattle Thunderbirds have signed both of their import picks, so good to see those getting done. I'm wondering how many, you know, it's the 2020 U.S. draft that the WHL had. We should start seeing some of those guys being signed here fairly soon, I would think. It'd be interesting to see how that pans out. Uh, you know, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League also has a, an American draft, but it's not always producing a lot of fruit, if you will. Uh, but uh, I know the WHL is hoping that will be much different out here. Uh, speaking of the queue, they had their uh, entry draft. The Sherbrooke Phoenix had the number one overall pick, and they took Ethan Goche with that uh, first overall selection. Uh, in the NCAA, Jerry Keefe has been promoted from an assistant coach to the new head coach at Northeastern. Uh, as the Huskies, uh, Jim Madigan, who was the head coach, has moved up the chain and up the ladder at that university and is uh, now the athletic director. So good for Mr. Keefe to get that promotion. And quite honestly, everybody other than that, not a whole lot going on in terms of uh, news and notes. The, uh, the NHL draft here is a couple of weeks away now. We have uh, this week's show and then two more before the actual draft itself. Uh, and uh, with those two shows, it's all going to be scouts, independent scouts or from various uh, uh, publications out there. Some of the confirmed guests that I have for you, uh, Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet, Chris Peters, longtime friend here of the show, 
uh, for the longest time was at uh, ESPN Sports Illustrated, now doing his own thing. Uh, Ross McLean, who you've heard here on the program. We hear from uh, Ryan Wagman from McKean's. Dauber Hockey will be uh, represented as well. Tony Ferrari, Elite Prospects uh, head scout uh, Mitch Brown will join us. And Derek Newmeyer, who shares that role but at future considerations, is on board as well. And a couple of other irons in the fire uh, for guys uh, to get on. Might be a newcomer or two. Uh, people that you haven't heard. Derek Newmeyer, in fact, is someone who hasn't been on the show in the past. But uh, my friend Aaron Vickers at Future Considerations says he's the guy to call. Uh, I don't know if I'll get someone from HockeyProspect.com this year or not, uh, but uh, I was talking about it with Mark Edwards, so it, it might uh, might still happen. Uh, the Black Book, though, is now available, so if you are a, a draft junkie like most who listen to this program are, then uh, check out HockeyProspect.com for that and get a copy of the Black Book, whether it's the uh, electronic version or the hard copy. Uh, always worth your time to uh, seek that out and grab that. Of course, the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is the best beef jerky in Alberta. You don't have to be in Alberta to get it, though, as long as you're in Western Canada. I don't think they're shipping it to Finland or into uh, the United States just yet. Uh, but if you're in Western Canada, you can contact either location in Leduc, Alberta or Spruce Grove, Alberta, and uh, they will ship your order to you. But if you're spoiled like we are here in the immediate vicinity and have a chance to go to either Leduc or Spruce Grove and pick it up in person, well worth your time. Fantastic. Just had some more of it uh, last night, as a matter of fact. Marinated and uh, spiced and seasoned to perfection. That is Wilhawk Beef Jerky. And, of course, their website is wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Let's get to the guest list. I have four of them on the program for you today. Barring a last-minute uh, confirmation from someone, it'll be four in this week's episode. And that would mean these are the last four draft-eligible players who will be on the Pipeline Show before the 2021 NHL Draft. We'll start with the USHL forward. His name is Mackie Samuskevich. Just won the Clark Cup with the Chicago Steel. I chatted with him about a week ago now as I was putting this week's episode together. Uh, wanted to give uh, the players lots of time. Patrons at Patreon.com have been able to hear that interview for almost a full week now. We'll go from that conversation to Carson Latimer of the Edmonton Oil Kings, who I spoke with uh, on the weekend. One of those guys who's ranked later in the draft, more like a 5th, 6th, 7th round guy, but uh, maybe a little bit buried on a very deep Edmonton Oil Kings team. Uh, really enjoyed the conversation with him. Very well-spoken young man. I think you'll enjoy hearing from Carson Latimer from there. We'll go to the Vancouver Giants power forward, Zach Ostapchuk, who is uh, from the Edmonton area, and uh, chatted with him also last weekend. Had a pretty solid season for the uh, the Giants. Short season, though. And that's that's one of the challenges about this year's uh, draft class, and from a scouting perspective, and I'm not a scout, but those who, who are, tell me, yeah, it was a challenge, definitely. I mean, you got 20 games, basically, 22 for some uh, in the WHL. Uh, Zach Ostopchuk had a good season and is one to watch for probably in rounds two, three, somewhere in there. Uh, and we will end this week's uh, episode, the final, as far as I know anyway, at this point, it's the final 2021 draft spotlight segment. Another WHLer, we go to Saskatoon and Colton Dock. Very familiar sounding last name for a very good reason, but Colton Dock will join me 
this week here on the Pipeline Show. So uh, lots to get to. Of course, all of my guests joining me, courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. The tap room is wide open in Red Deer. Lots of beverages and brews on tap that you can't get just by, you know, with that free home delivery when you use promo code PIPELINE. There's stuff in the tap room that you can't get uh, delivered to you. Uh, So it's well worth your effort to go and uh, try it right there down in Red Deer. I missed my opportunity to get the Iron Dry Hopped Pilsner. That seasonal celebrating uh, their history here in Alberta. Uh, quickly sold out of stock for Troubled Monk, but still lots of my personal favorites like the Juicy Gossip and the Daycation and some of the ones I haven't tried yet but I do have here at home, like the Bright as a Button English Bitter and the Velour Pantsuit Key Lime Goss. Looking forward to trying some of those. I have a, uh, a swack of the uh, Troubled Tea, which on a hot day, and it's hot again here in Alberta, uh, those would be delicious on a day like this, as would the adequate vodka soda lime. And my wife and I, Last Christmas, uh, we, we got a bottle of uh, the Christmas gin, uh, the Epitaph Christmas gin, and it, we just cracked it open to give it a try, and it's fantastic. Really enjoyed that. Might not be back again until Christmas, if it's back at all, but uh, if you haven't tried it and you see it in the future, uh, make a mental note and try that uh, via Troubled Monk. All right, but lots of show we want to get to, and let's get right to it. Uh, when we come back, Mackie Samuskevich from the Chicago Steel in the 2021 Draft Spotlight. Next, here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Adam Fantilli spins a pass, though. Samuskevich up high, scores! The Sting ran over time, up high! Pierces one by Corpy, and Chicago wins a thriller. Four to three, Mackie Samoskevich. Welcome back, Stingray. Hey, this is Mackie Samoskevich from the Chicago Steel, and this is the Pipeline Show. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Jonathan Taves. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Joe Pavelski. And Johnny Gaudreau were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Don't let your dreams be dreams. Just do it! Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show, and we're going to begin this week's episode. Uh, All the segments this week will be 2021 Draft Spotlight segments. We've been doing it all through the season, but as the draft gets closer and closer, of course, we amplify that, and uh, every show uh, has four or five draft-eligible players on it at this point. Uh, Of course, the Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Turkey, the best beef turkey in Alberta. And let's get to my guest who joins me courtesy the Troubled Monk Hotline. His name is Matthew Samuskevich. Mackie, how are you? Welcome to the program. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, before we get into all the meat and the serious stuff, how does Matt Matthew turn into Mackie? Oh, uh, yeah. So it was a unique story. Kind of, I have a twin sister named Maddie, um, and growing up, she couldn't say uh, Matthew. So she said Mackie, and that kind of just stuck with me ever since. And, you know, we signed up for uh, hockey and and a bunch of stuff as Mackie, so it just kind of stuck. And, 
Yeah, that's how Matthew kind of turned into Mackie. Awesome. I like that. That's a great one. Um, and yeah. I, I I was listening to a, a couple of clips uh, of you in action. Actually, the, the Steel sent me a clip. And along the way, they give you, like, the broadcaster calls you Stingray. What's the story there? Uh, yeah, um, he was trying to uh, find a kind of nickname because uh, he was uh, into the, the the animal nicknames. And last year, uh, <laughs> my nickname was Easy Mac or something like that. And he needed to change it to an animal because uh, he needed to fit, like, uh, Coronado's, like, bison nickname and stuff like that. So, um, And then uh, the Stingray kind of just started from, uh, a bunch of guys called me like Ray just because that's my middle name. So uh, a bunch of guys called me that. So Stingray kind of just came up and uh, kind of just fit right away. So that's kind of how that started. It, do you like Stingray? I don't mind it. I was a big fan of the Easy Mac though. But um, yeah, it was pretty pretty creative with the Stingray too. But uh, yeah, I don't mind it. Uh, this animal nickname thing with the steel must have started with Gunner Will Fontaine. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the howling and stuff like that as well started with that so uh yeah all right well Mackie, tell me about this past season obviously uh, another championship for the steel and uh you guys had a heck yep. of a year offensively uh, again 37 mm-hmm. points in 36 games so uh i mean it seems like on paper everything looks like uh pretty much the way you would have scripted it um what was it like for yep. you as a player um yeah it was super fun uh every moment in chicago was super fun for me uh that place was pretty special i feel like it's the kind of best place to be in hockey right now so um you know I love being there every day and both seasons were really fun for me I felt like I grew so much as a player in those two last two years and uh, it was a really kind of good two years to kind of be around Chicago for me and um you know, you know last year was such a good year and we were such a tight group and uh, I think that's why we were able to kind of have so much success is because um we you know pretty much were super tight you know right from the beginning and uh, just kept growing and growing, and into in playoffs we just kind of bought in, and it was a you know really fun year for sure. Yeah, unfortunately the way the 2020 season ended with no playoffs and, and a potential Clark yeah. Cup then, uh, but to get back and I know at at times in the especially in the early part of the season stops and starts with COVID and all that stuff. How challenging yeah. was that as a player? Let alone the you know go back to the summer, the uncertainty of if and when the season would start, all of that stuff. Uh, yeah, it was weird. It was a weird adjustment coming in in uh, September or whatever it was. Um, just kind of with the whole rules and stuff like that, just kind of getting adjusted to that. And um, But uh, we were lucky enough to not have too bad of stoppages during throughout the year. Um, I think we only had one or one or two. I think early on in the year we were got shut down for two weeks. Um, and then uh, I think we didn't get shut down for the rest of the year. So um, we were pretty lucky with that. And Obviously, it's a little weird and different to, you know, adjust to the rules, but uh, I felt like everybody did a good job and uh, credit to the staff with, you know, figuring that, that stuff out and uh, making it as easy as possible for us. And, yeah. Mackie Samuskevich is my guest here on the Pipeline Show, draft-eligible player with the Chicago Steel. He's headed to Michigan. We'll talk about that in a bit as well. But, uh, Mackie, for the casual NHL fans that will be listening to this right now because mm-hmm. maybe your favorite or their favorite NHL team just drafted you and they're mm-hmm. going back and trying to find info or something, um, let's uh, let's start with some basic questions. Uh, tell me where you're from. I'm from Newtown, Connecticut. How did you get into hockey and, and what age were you when you first started playing? Uh, super young, I want to say about two or three. Um, we grew up, or I grew up with a kind of backdoor rink in my backyard. So, um, yeah, my dad was kind of the one who got me and my sisters into it. He uh, grew up playing hockey, so 
uh, he got us out in that back, back rink, uh, back door rink, um, you know, pretty, pretty young age and taught us how to skate and stuff like that. So kind of, that's kind of how I got into it. You mentioned your sister's big family, lots of brothers and sisters. Uh, just two sisters. Uh, they both played hockey. Um, I have an older one uh, named Melissa and then my twin sister, Maddie, uh, they're both doing really well too. Um, my older sister, she's uh, at Penn State coaching the women's team there. So she's doing really good. And then my twin sister, Maddie, she's uh, at Quinnipiac going for a second year there. So they both had really good seasons this past year. And uh, I was you know, kind of extremely lucky to kind of have them growing up uh, throughout my life. And uh, yeah, extremely lucky to have them. Wow. So when you guys are uh, playing out on the backyard rink, uh, who's got the advantage? Who's the best of the siblings? Uh, I'd say growing up, Melissa had it just because uh, she was a little bit older and stronger than us. But uh, I think as I started to grow up, um, kind of pushed me, and I, I wanted to kind of beat her all the time. And uh, so I'd say me, me for sure right now. What positions do they play? Uh, Maddie, she's a defenseman, and then uh, Melissa, she was uh, in between forward and D, but uh, mostly forward. All right, so they're both skaters. So when Melissa, the older sister, when you guys are playing in the backyard, did she force you to put on the pads so she could uh, wire shots at you? Uh, no, never. Um, I was never a fan of that, but uh, <laughs> we'd always kind of get our uncle to come over um, a couple times a year and have him put on the pads and stuff like that. So uh, we had a ton of fun doing it. And uh, yeah, like I said, just extremely lucky to kind of have the family that I have. Now, I know you've played the last two years in Chicago, but the three years previous to that, you're at Shattuck St. Mary's. Uh, that's in Minnesota, a long way from Connecticut, So, uh, and you're going at a, a pretty young age. How old were you when you first went out to Shattuck? Um, yeah, so my sister, Melissa, she went out there for high school. Um, you know, it's obviously a pretty well-known school for, for hockey, sure. and uh, a lot of people have kind of gone through there, and they're doing big things now. So she wanted to go out there and give it a shot, and she ended up loving all four years of it, so... Uh, me and my twin sister just kind of thought we'd we'd give it a shot just to seeing how much she loved it, and uh, we ended up going out there for for uh, high school as well, and you know we loved every second of it, and um, yeah, very thankful for for being a part of that place for sure. Must have been a challenge at that young age to move that far away from home, but with your twin sister there, I'm guessing it made it a little easier. Yeah, extremely easier. Um, just having her around, she's a you know one of my best friends, so. Um, yeah, it was extremely easy to kind of have her around, and I think it was a good thing to kind of get away from home at a, you know, such a young age, and you know, learn how to kind of be independent with yourself and learn how to take care of yourself without the parents around, you know. So, um, yeah, it was a, you know, really good thing for me, I think, for sure. Now, the Steel had drafted you at the uh, at their draft in 2018. I know uh, Ruin Miranda in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League drafted you the, the following year. You're still at Shattuck at that point. Yep. Did you know all along that, that you wanted to go the college route, or did you ever give a major junior in Canada a uh, consideration? Um, you know, I thought about going uh, towards uh, the you know major junior route, but uh, my parents are kind of big in school, and uh, you know, college hockey is a a really fun thing to kind of be around. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of gave both a thought, but, um, you know, I, I kind of knew all along that college was kind of what I was hoping for. And, um, yeah. Well, Mel Pearson and the Michigan Wolverines are, are going to welcome you. I'm sure, uh, is that this coming fall you'll be at Michigan? I don't know. Maybe you're already there. I'm not sure. Uh, no, I leave, uh, August 15th to go out there. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it.
why was uh, becoming a, a Wolverine the, the, the right fit for you? I know that team incoming freshman class last year was pretty significant, and you've got some yeah. some teammates and, and friends there already, and, uh, and other yeah. guys uh, heading that way now. So it uh, seems like a pretty good fit from a you know a lot of familiar faces. But why, from an academic standpoint, was Michigan the right school? Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing was just being out there for a visit the first time. I kind of fell in love with it right away, and and Ann Arbor and just the whole campus. Um, yeah, it's a pretty special place, and you know, I kind of saw myself kind of being there in the future. So I felt like it was kind of a no-brainer for me. And obviously, it's a special place, and a lot of guys have kind of gone through there, and you know, they're doing big things now. So, um, you know, like, like I said, I felt like it was a you know no-brainer for me, and um, really looking forward to it for sure. I know Owen Powers there, obviously, and and Brendan Brisson, guys who were your teammates last year. Did you have conversations with, with those guys before they went? Even like I don't know who committed first and what the pecking order was, but I imagine you've talked to them since to, to find out what it's like and stuff. Uh, yeah, I talk to them all the time. I lived with, uh, uh, Brendan, my, uh, first year in Chicago. So we're, we were able to kind of build a, a really good friendship and the same thing goes without Owen. We were able to, you know, be around each other and, and grow that kind of really good friendship. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of be around them and, um, they had a ton of fun last year and with the team. And I think it's only going to get better for, for next year so i'm you know looking forward to it for sure now has the draft been on your mind uh, much this past well let's say 15 months i guess because everything kind of started late and the draft itself got pushed back so is it something that you thought about during the course of the year i know most players or some, uh, many players will tell me they try not to think about the draft at all because it could be a distraction but there are, yeah. are guys yeah. who tell me they go out and they they want to see where the various rankings have them pegged and and stuff like that and they use that as a motivator what about for you um, I mean, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm the type of guy to kind of let that kind of be by itself. I feel that, uh, you know, putting the team first and making sure that you're winning games, you know, this is the first thought. And obviously uh, going through the draft year and, and stuff like that is really cool. And, you know, you try not to think about it a whole lot because I feel like it's, uh, like you said, a little bit of distraction if you think about it too much. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it was a really fun year. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, the upcoming draft. Uh, you had, as I mentioned, 13 goals, 37 points in 36 games. Who were your line mates for the most part this season, or did that change uh, frequently? Uh, it changed a little bit. I was playing with uh, Sean Farrell and Josh Stone at the start of the year. Um, they're both, you know, super fun to play with. Uh, and then I think uh, I switched to Matt, Matt Coronado and Eric Mendorf at the end of the year. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, part of the reason why I think I was so able to kind of have success was because of who I was playing with. Uh, you know, all all those guys are, you know, so, so fun to watch and so fun to play with and so kind of easy to play with. So, um, yeah, it was super fun to be around and uh, extremely lucky to kind of be a part of the, you know, guys that I played with this year. Well, uh, Doan's draft eligible, Coronado's draft eligible. There's a number of guys in your club that are, are uh, all up yeah. to the draft here uh, later this month. You guys talk about that much during the during the season. You might have some friendly wagers on the line. Who gets picked first? Stuff like that. <laughs> uh, no, not really. But um, you know, we talk about it on uh, you know and try to you know focus on the right things. But uh, sure, it comes up uh, from time to time. And you know, I think it's kind of be good things kind of be around the guys that uh, are like that. They're super competitive during practice, so it kind of pushes me during practice. And you know, I think uh, it makes me a way better player. And that's, uh, I think, part of the reason why Chicago is such a special place is the players that are there and, you know, the players that you practice with every day. And it's, you know, just kind of allows you to grow as a player and, you know, every day. And, uh, yeah, extremely lucky to be a part of it. 
Now, for those fans who haven't had a chance to watch uh, you play in Chicago, uh, maybe casual NHL fans who don't pay any attention to junior or college hockey anyway, uh, mm-hmm. maybe give us a, a self-scouting report to, so that we know kind of what we should expect to see, whether you're at Michigan or at the next level once, you, once you're a pro. What, kind of a, what do you bring to the table as a player? Um, yeah, I think I'm an exciting player to watch. Uh, I think uh, if you watch me, I think the one thing that sticks out is my speed and kind of skill or, or skating as well. Um, you know, I think that's, you know, one thing that I work a ton on and uh, I think stands out for sure. And, um, you know, I think uh, I'm an exciting player to watch and an electric kind of player to watch. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next couple of years and uh, to, you know, continue growing and, you know, being the, you know, exciting players that you watch on TV and be like them someday for sure. So you think yourself of uh, more as a goal scorer or as a setup guy? I say more of a player, but, um, you know, working a ton on being more of a goal scorer for sure. But uh, I'd say, yeah, playmaking is kind of my bread and butter. So now being a guy from Connecticut, did you have a favorite NHL team growing up? Or are you one of those guys who's more about individual players in the league that you, you gravitate towards more? Um, yeah, I think uh, growing up, as you get older, you kind of watch everybody else. But uh, growing up, just being a Connecticut kid, um, we watched the Rangers a ton. And, you know, towards the playoffs, we'd always watch every game. And, you know, the whole family would be watching and uh, we'd be rooting for the Rangers. So, um, yeah, at a young age, uh, it was for sure the Rangers. But uh, as you grow up, um, you know, you start to watch more of the, more of the games and uh, more players and kind of fall in love with more players. So, um, yeah. I want to ask you your thoughts on what made Chicago the last three or four years just such a powerhouse in the USHL and such a factory for players getting to college and getting drafted. Uh, I know Ryan Hardy's just been signed by the the Toronto Maple Leafs, so he's not there now. But, you know, can you put your finger on what's gone so right for that franchise here? Um, Yeah, I think I touched on a little bit earlier, um, just like the amount of players or good players I bring in. I think first off is a a big thing, Um, you know, just being around those guys. It pushes you every day to be better and, uh, you know, allows you to grow so much. And then I think, you know, the mindset they have there with the, you know, development of players and, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, goes into every day and see, you know, how much I can get get out of today and uh, not worry about tomorrow, but, um, you know, just grow every day and keep growing and growing. And I think that's why we had, you know, so, so much success is because, you know, guys just continue to grow. And over time, it's just kind of, you know, guys blossom. And, you know, I think that's why we had so much success over those two years for sure. Between now and the draft, uh, what's on the on tap for you? What are you going to be doing? Um, you know, just working out and skating and stuff like that. I'll be at home, but uh, I'm in Maine right now for – the weekend so we got a house up here so i'm just kind of hanging out up here and um just getting ready for the draft well mackie i really appreciate your time uh, enjoy some summer and good luck at whatever happens at the draft maybe we'll chat again while you're with the wolverines yep thank you very much thanks for having me it's mackie samuskevich from the chicago steel or stingray or easy mac uh, i i have i might have to get mark citron on the show he's the broadcaster there for the for the steel and pick his brain about how he comes up with the animal nicknames for all these guys. I mean, Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, pretty obvious with that one, but he mentioned Bison for Matt Coronado. I I don't know what the connection is there, so I'll have to uh, ask Mr. Citron to come on and uh, explain what the situation is there, or what his reasoning is. Why Stingray? I get middle name. That Maybe that's a good fit. Sam Miskevich, first thing that came to my mind was like Sasquatch, but uh, maybe, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good fit either, really. Uh, but as for a player... 
Mackie sounds like a pretty good player. Great interview. Really a well-spoken young man. And uh, I noticed that both of his sisters went to Quinnipiac as uh, players. Uh, you mentioned his, uh, his twin sister, Maddie, still there. And his older sister, Melissa, played there, was captain for the uh, Bobcats uh, for the last two seasons of her four years there. Now she's uh, on the bench with uh, Penn State. Uh, so some leadership there. Great example. Older sister for uh, Matt and Maddie to uh, look up to. Matt. Mackie. Man of a thousand names, uh, Mackie Samuskevich. But interesting player. And, you know, uh, this is a guy who's getting buzz as a potential first-round pick. 19 uh, by Central Scouting had him pegged at 26th overall in North America. But, uh, you know, there's lots that's happened here in the last couple of months and wouldn't be a big surprise at all to see him being a, uh, you know, a guy in that last, the second half of the first round, something along the way. Uh, well, we'll see. Only time will tell. We only have three more weeks as we speak right now, to get to the NHL draft, and uh, then we'll know for sure. All right, more draft-eligible players on the way. Carson Latimer confirmed of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He may be next, as I'm putting this show together uh, in in chunks, and uh, he's, well, he's the next confirmed guest, so let's go with that. Carson Latimer of the Edmonton Oil Kings. He's up next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Now near side white. Far side, Krebs. Wrist shot. Scores! Peyton Krebs, a wrist shot from the far side and gets by Bailey Birkin. Hey, Peyton Krebs from the Kootenai Ice, and this is the Pipeline Show. Troubled Monk Brew of the Week. Hey, it's one of my personal favorites, but tell the people about it. The vacation Mexican lager. When the chores are done, the lawn is mowed or the sidewalk shoveled. This Mexican lager is perfect for floating on fresh powder or floating down the river. Vacation lager is a little getaway every day. Player comparable, Sidney Crosby can do it all and is always in the conversation of the very best. Troubled Monk, visit the tap room in Red Deer or get free same-day home delivery in Alberta by placing an order at TroubledMonk.com. Troubled Monk, craft beverages worth sharing. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Hey, we're back on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Will Hawk Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky in all of Alberta. And we will continue on with the 2021 Draft Spotlights and get to know another player who's eligible for the draft this year. I've been doing it all season long. We do it every year here on the program. But as the draft gets closer and closer, uh, we, amp- we we really amp up the, uh, the draft coverage. Uh, every segment this week and the last few weeks has always been with a draft-eligible player. Sometimes they're first-round guys, third-round guys. Sometimes they're guys who might not even get drafted. Well, my next guest might be off the radar a little bit for some people, but after a terrific season with the Edmonton Oil Kings, uh, Carson Latimer has been ranked by Central Scouting. Uh, he is currently listed at 149 in North America by Central Scouting. I know McKean's has him on their list as well. So let's get to know Carson Latimer of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Carson, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you making the time in the off season like this. Uh, you're just telling me you're out in Maple Ridge right now, uh, enjoying some uh, not quite as hot weather as we had the last little bit here, but uh, a nice summer night. Yes, it's quite beautiful right now. Obviously not as hot as the, 
the past week here, but it's uh, cooled down a bit, so it's good. What do you like to do in the off season, Carson? Are you a guy who likes to play other sports, or you just put your feet up by the pool and relax? What do you do? Uh, I'm quite into other sports as well. I enjoy uh, a good round of golf out in the summer, and uh, uh, yeah, you know, relax sometimes too. But you know, you don't get much relaxing before it's back to training and skating. So yeah, I was going to ask. The season ends. Is it? two maybe three weeks of actual relaxing and then you start hitting the gym again and finding some ice time yeah uh, yeah i think i took about uh you know two weeks off of uh of the ice but um yeah i think it's important to, to have that time to just you know let the body recover after after the season and um, then you get right back into it you know prepare for next year so yeah it's important to have some rest the season for you uh 22 games with the oil kings this year 16 points including five goals uh, you also played, uh, what, half a dozen, eight games, I guess, with Port Moody in the uh, Junior League out on the uh, West Coast, uh, 12 points in those eight games. That was, I'm guessing, in the fall, somewhere in there? Yeah, that was just, uh, you know, kind of when they opened up a bit here in BC, and, you know, I wanted to get some games in just before Edmonton started, so I think it was a uh... It was a good time there, and uh, yeah, it was good to get some games in before the season. Yeah, I know there were some of the the other Oil Kings uh, that got to play in the AJHL or something like that before uh, before the dub was able to come back. What? How important was that? Just, I mean, all right, let's talk about it. Twenty two game season isn't all that long. It's far from a normal mm-hmm. season, but it's a lot better than nothing. And plus, you had those eight games with Port Moody as well. What do you make? What do you take away from a, a weird season like this, where you got to play a total of thirty games? Yeah, it's, it's it's strange. Obviously, it's not um, something you know you wanted to happen, but um, at the same time, I'm I'm thankful that we even got to have a little short season. I think, especially for you know the draft eligible guys and guys you know are looking for pro contracts, and um, it's important to have you know some time where people are able to watch you play and you know get a read on how you've developed in the past what you know 14, 15 months that we weren't able to to do anything. So. Um, I think it's important, and uh, I really enjoyed it. You played six games with the Oil Kings uh, before the COVID shut everything down uh, in uh, the 2019-20 season, uh, where you had a goal that year as well. How important was that just to get a sense of what the WHL was like, sort of dip your toe in the water, if you will, uh, to get you set for this year and kind of uh, so you know what how big of a jump that was going to be? Yeah, I think it was really important, you know, for me to come up last year and um, spend some time with the team and get to know the Western Hockey League game. It's, you know, it's obviously quite different from from midget hockey and it's faster. It's uh, um, the guys are better you're playing against. So I think it was really important just to me for me to be around the team and get get my dip my feet in the water. And uh, uh, I think it was really important. Yeah, it was good. How do you feel about the way you played this year? You know, those five goals and 16 uh, uh, points total in just 22 games. Not that far off from a point-per-game pace. I know this team was awfully loaded, so there were there were a lot of offensive uh, players and lots of goals and lots of points being shared around. But you got to be happy with the way you played. Yeah, I was really happy with it. Um, I think, you know, I, I came in as a rookie, but, you know, I didn't want to play like one. And uh, I don't think my teammates treated me like one either. So I think... Uh, it was a combination of, you know, I had I had great teammates around me, you know, a lot of talented players, uh, a very talented team, and um, the coaching staff uh, helped me as well. I think um, it was a collective effort for my success as well. So um, I'm just thankful for um, the opportunity to play uh, a short season, and I think, you know, I think I made a, made a, I took advantage of it. It was good. Who were your line mates for the most part this year, or did uh, Coach Lauer uh, shuffle that up a lot? Uh, at the beginning, I, I kind of played with Leipen and Keels for a bit, and I uh, really enjoyed that. And I kind of stayed with uh, with Leipz as well throughout uh, mostly most of the whole season. And uh, near the end, played with Suchi as well. And 
uh, Carter Suchi there. And so I think, you know, I was able to develop some chemistry with, you know, all my line mates I was able to play with. And um, I think, you know, off the ice, we were able to get closer as well. So I think that helps with your on ice uh, abilities too. Nice. Uh, Carson Latimer is my uh, guest. He plays for the Edmonton Oil Kings here in, uh, well, in my backyard in Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, but uh, Carson, I was telling you before we started recording that there'll be a lot of casual fans listening to this. So uh, for yeah. the benefit of those people who may not even pay any attention to junior hockey and uh, have never uh, gone to an Oil Kings game or watched one on TV, uh, let's get some background on you. Uh, where are you from uh, originally? I know you're in Maple Ridge right now, but where did you grow up? I grew up in White Rock, uh, British Columbia, so just uh, down by the ocean there. It was a great place to grow up. I played my minor hockey out of Semiamo, which is not too far from there. And um, yeah, I, I had a had a great, uh, great uh, growing up place here in White Rock, so it was nice. Do you remember how old you were when you first got playing, and who got you into hockey? It uh, had to be my dad. I think uh, he played when he was growing up, and you know he's a he has a strong love for the game and. Um, I wasn't all too keen at hockey actually at the beginning. He tried to get me on the skates as soon as I was uh, born around one or two, but uh, apparently, uh, you know, I don't remember. But they like to tell me I uh, would cry, would like to cry on the ice. So um, I had to uh, <laughs> take some time off, and I started playing again when I was five and six, and I uh, played some pond hockey, and uh, that's what I kind of fell in love with the game. So um, yeah. Well, it's funny because I know what that's like from a, the father's perspective. My kid, I got him <laughs> on the ice, and he just liked to do snow angels. He couldn't care about the skating around and stuff that was, like that. That, so. that was me. That was uh, me back in the day. Now, you're a forward yeah. now. Have you always been a forward, or did you ever play on the blue line or anything like that? Heck, even throw the pads on? Uh, no, I actually um, always been a forward. I know back in minor hockey, you know, guys would rotate at goalie, but um, I enjoyed scoring goals. Um, so I just uh, always always played forward. So Okay. I uh, never mixed it up at all. Uh, going back to the uh, 2018 WHL Bantam draft, uh, the Oil Kings uh, select you in the third round, 48th overall pick that year. Some guys were uh, at home. Some guys go to school and try to follow it along with what happens uh, on their phones or whatever. What was draft day like for you, Carson? It was funny. Uh, I was actually um, at Delta there. We uh, that's when on the day I was drafted, I was I was at the rink and we were uh, we were doing a workout and uh, kind of following along as well, you know. Um, on our phones so um, it was pretty cool I had all my teammates around me when I got drafted and um, it was pretty exciting so um, it, was, it was one of a great memory for me so it was, it was awesome well I know the Oak Kings had the number one pick that year so you know they were coming yeah. off a really really bad season uh, what were your thoughts yeah. about going to a team that finished la- dead last in the league uh, the season before uh, I didn't really think much of it to be honest I think um, you know, knowing Edmonton and just, you know, the amazing, uh, facilities they have there. And I, I, I knew right from the beginning before, um, talking to them before the draft, just how much of a first class organization they were. Um, so the position, you know, of the year before didn't really concern me. I think, um, they wanted to, to have a rebuild and, um, obviously they were able to do that quite successfully with the, you know, the past, uh, two, three seasons they've had. It's, uh, it's been something special and it's been disappointing that we haven't been able to to bring any hardware in for for the efforts in those past uh, few years. Yeah, really. I mean, contending teams yeah. the last two years and no playoffs uh, to speak of. No. Um, yeah, be good to see everything back to normal, hopefully, knock on wood, uh, this coming fall. Carson, uh, let's talk about the draft. Uh, I don't know if you're yeah. one of those guys who doesn't like to think about the draft at all. It might be a distraction if you focus too much on it. Uh, other players tell mm-hmm. me that they actively seek out where the, you know, where to see who, who has them ranked where and they kind of use that as a motivation or something. Uh, what about for you, Carson? Uh, I think I try to do a bit of both. I think, you know, obviously sometimes, you know, you go look where you're at or um, where you're compared to other people just out of curiosity. But 
at the same time, you know, during the season, it's important. You just, you know, put it in the back. It's in the backside of your mind. You know, it's not something you want to be focusing on. Um, you know, it can take away from your game on the ice. So, you know, for me, um, I, I've tried not to focus on it too much. I think um, if I'm just able to focus on my game and playing the best I can on the ice, that um, whatever happens, happens. And, um, yeah, I think it's obviously exciting to, to you know, see your name ranked in different places. And, um, you know, kind of gives you a bit of motivation, like uh, you said. But, uh, yeah, I tried not to focus too much on it and just, you know, go out and play my game. What about now that the you know the seat it's been almost I can't even believe it's been two months almost now I guess since uh, mm-hmm. you guys yeah, were on the ice uh, has it changed now like uh, now are you more inclined to to look hey Central Scouting's got me one forty nine and and things like that <laughs> as as the draft gets closer ah uh, yeah I, I think uh, you know you look at it and stuff but um, you know whenever I think about it you know it's pretty exciting and um, I'm looking forward to the draft uh, regardless of what happens so. Um, you know, see the teammates get your teammates get drafted, especially with um, some of the seasons that they had. And um, you know, I'm hoping for the best for me as well. So um, just to, just to more of excitement for me, I think is good. Well, you got two teammates expected to go in the first round, and there's probably four or yeah. five other guys who you know could uh, hear their names being called at some point along the way in the draft. How do you how does it benefit you to play with guys like that, but also practice against them? I mean, it it, it I can't help but think it makes you a better shooter if you're practicing against a goaltender of the caliber of uh, Sebastian Koza. I 100% agree. I think um, surrounding yourself with, uh, you know, teammates that um, are, you know, super talented and, um, you know, push themselves every day and uh, want to be the best, I think it, you know, can help motivate you. And um, I think it makes you better. I think having those guys, you know, Dylan, Sebastian, um, Jalen, all those guys, Jake, um, you know, all, all the teammates are just, um, super motivated guys and you know they they help me and um, I think everyone tries to make each other better I think that's part of the reason why you know we were so successful this year um, is because of those guys so um, yeah it's I think it's really special special group we have and I think it makes everyone better the sheet I'm looking at lists you at six one and 185 pounds but that might have been you know last season I don't know what are you at right now uh, I'm just uh, six one and a half and um, closer to 190 now so putting on a bit of weight for uh um, this upcoming year, just, you know, continuing to stay strong and fast, though, so it's good. Yeah. For those who haven't had a chance to watch you play, like I said, those casual NHL mm-hmm. fans, how do you describe yourself as a player? They, they can pull up the stats and see five goals and 16 assists in 22 games, but it doesn't really give yeah. anybody a, the full picture. So what do you tell people? Uh, I think, you know, if someone a casual fan to tune in and watch one of my games, I think, you'd, you know, you'd see a pretty, pretty good moving uh, player out there. I skate well. Um, I think I move around nice really well. And, uh, you know, I try to set my teammates up whenever I can and, um, you know, maybe bury some pucks along with it. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm an exciting skater and an uh, uh, exciting skate player to watch. So I think a uh, um, pretty well-rounded game. Physical side to your game? Uh, trying to get trying to get a little more physical. That's uh, one of the things I'm trying to do. Yeah, okay. And I don't mean like fighting. Ten penalty minutes this year. I don't mean like dropping the gloves, but body oh, contact, no. not something you shy away from, that sort of thing, battling no, for position. No, definitely not. Yeah, it's uh it's a big thing, you know. I'm moving moving around pretty well, so I try to get on get in on the floor check and I'm um, pretty good, you know, try to make other teams bees uh not so happy. So that's that's my goal out there. As a uh, a BC guy, lower mainland BC, did you grow up a, a Canucks fan? Has that changed at all if in fact you were a Canucks fan? Who who was your team growing up? Um, I think it was a bit of both, but it's funny uh to say this. I actually uh, a bit of an Oilers fan growing up. My dad was a huge Gretzky fan and uh, so was my grandpa, so um, there's lots of, uh, pictures of me as a, as a baby wearing some Oilers gear and, uh, 
but obviously, you know, the Canucks as well. We're uh, my hometown. I grew up going to their games. You know, all my birthday parties were at Canucks games. So, um, yeah, growing up watching the Oilers and Canucks my whole life. So must be pretty cool to to share a, a building with an NHL club, and and even more so that it's a, a team you were a fan of. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. I mean, the, the facility we have at at Edmonton there is, is top top notch. So, um, you know, being able to sometimes you know see those NHL guys walking around the rink or um, you know, catching a glimpse of McDavid or Dreisaitl, you know, it's pretty special to me. I think it's pretty cool. How hard was uh, your first uh, Alberta winter? Oh, you know what? Um, I spent some time in Calgary growing up as well. So um, I'm, I'm not, not to say I'm used to it, but um, a little bit of it. I, I spent some time in Calgary um, just for a couple of years when I was like five or six. So yeah. um, not entirely used to it, but it is cold, but um, it's definitely it's definitely bearable. I know we had a stretch where there must have been ten days where it was high minus thirties. I don't know if you were here at that point or if that was before the league started up and before you reported into town. But uh, were were you here for that? I don't think we were. I think because we showed up in um, start of February, so we might have missed it. But um, you know, the time we I spent there, I don't think it was actually too bad. I don't think it ever reached uh, minus thirty or anything too absurd. You got away with it then. I did. All right, Carson. Uh, the 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 cliche question: uh, Is there an NHL comparable or somebody that you kind of watched growing up that you thought, you know what, I I might have a similar style of that. I, I have to try to emulate what that guy does to have success. Anybody in the NHL that you think you could could potentially uh, sort of play like? Yeah, uh, especially you know watching these playoffs and stuff. I think you know the comparable I've tried to use is a guy like Josh Anderson. Uh, I think he's a big guy. I think he moves well and a. Um, he, you know, he plays a style of game that I hope to, to be able to play like, uh, when I get older. So, nice. um, yeah, I think that's, that's a comparable for me. Well, listen, Carson, I appreciate your time. I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in person when the, uh, the new season starts up and, uh, we get things back to normal. Thanks for taking the time. Good luck at the draft, whatever happens. Enjoy summer. Well, yeah, well, thank you so much. I actually appreciate a lot and, uh, you know, I'm very, uh, very honored to be able to, to be on the show. I listened to you, so it's pretty cool. It's Carson Latimer, and I did not know that uh, before I invited him on the show. I didn't know that he was a, a regular or a frequent listener to the Pipeline show, but uh, hey, it's great that he is. Uh, I know his uh, father is one of the uh, the many patrons who have uh, signed up to uh, help support the show, which is greatly appreciated. And if you want to do that as well, you can, uh, certainly at patreon.com slash show for more information on that. Now, uh, this season with the Oil Kings, uh, I wasn't at any of the games. They only had uh, a play-by-play guy and Andrew Peard, uh, no color guy. Uh, the games weren't on radio, so it was very. I felt very distant. I was not close to the team this year, and so I, don't, I didn't have a great feel for Carson Latimer. But really appreciate uh, that conversation. Very well-spoken young man, and uh, I look forward to this coming season. Uh, he he did start, you know, a, a year later in the WHL than uh, a lot of players do. So. Uh, this rookie season as a 17-year-old, we'll see what happens for him next year uh, as an 18-year-old, where he fits in in the lineup, too. Because I'm looking at the depth chart for the Oil Kings, you know, if uh, if Dylan Gunther is back and uh, Justin Williams is back, uh, that right side is fairly clogged. And Latimer, I listed as a right winger, but, you know, with another year under his belt, we'll see. Maybe he forces uh, some changes in the lineup up front. We'll see. Next up in the 2021 draft spotlight, another Western Hockey Leaguer. This time we go to the Vancouver Giants and Zach Ostapchuk. He's a guy ranked by a lot of people as a uh, probable second rounder. So let's get to know Zach when we come back. You're listening to the Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Hi, this is John Gunther of the Emerson Kings. 
line. He'll lead out three all kings. Riley Sachuk three on through through neutral ice. Sachuk gains the line, floats it in front for Gunther, charging down. Gunther and it scores! I didn't think they'd find a way to make that work, but it does. Dylan Gunther tucks it home. It's 6-3 Edmonton. And you're listening to The Pipeline Show. Spruce Grove St. AJHL Hockey is back for the 2020-2021 season. Due to the ongoing pandemic, the attendance is limited at the Grant Fear Arena in Spruce Grove. You can follow along across social media at SG Saints and support the Saints by heading to sprucegrovesaints.ca and purchasing your Cash's King tickets today. Over $33,000 in prizes to be given away. Again, head to sprucegrovesaints.ca for more information. The Spruce Grove Saints, proud supporters of the Pipeline Show. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Gee Flaming. Now that is a man who has eaten a lot of beef. Hey, we're back on The Pipeline Show, and we're going to continue on with the 2021 Draft Spotlight segments. Of course, The Pipeline Show brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky in all of Alberta. And if you can't get to Spruce Grove or Duke to pick it up yourself, you can contact them. And if you're in Western Canada, they'll ship it to you. That's wilhockbeefjerky.com. And uh, my guest today is uh, a local guy. Maybe he's had some Wilhock beef jerky. I'm not sure, but maybe we'll ask. Uh, Zach Ostopchek from the Vancouver Giants. Uh, welcome to the program, Zach. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for um, being available here in the off season. What's What's the last couple months been like since, uh, I guess, the, the the bubble, the pod in uh, in BC, I guess two pods in BC, uh, sort of wrapped up? Uh, what's the last couple months been like? Uh, yeah, it's just been uh, had uh, had some time to relax and re- regroup after the season, and yeah, just recently I uh, started working out and skating again. So, so back into my routine, and that's yeah, it's been it's been really nice for yourself. Sixteen points in twenty-two games. Just how important was those twenty-two games? There, there. I think there would be some people who say, you know, what do you get out of twenty-two games? Uh, what's the big deal? But to, from your perspective, as a player, happens to be your draft year as well. How critical were those two, 22 games? I think, yeah, for sure. I mean, with, with COVID and all that, like we weren't sure that we'd even get a season. So I think those uh, those 22 games were really special for all the guys playing, and especially me, my drafter. Uh, it was really nice for me to for me to have some games to, to showcase myself. And, and yeah, it was, it was really important for me. You had eight points in 44 games in your first full rookie season. You doubled that to 16 points in half as many games. This year, I'd have to think that you're pretty happy with that production. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, this year, kind of, kind of figured out the the offensive side of, of the dub a little bit, and uh, yeah, I think that I was happy that I was able to put the puck in the net. And uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it was, it was really nice for me. What, what's the difference from you going from one year to the next? I'm I'm guessing there's a certain level of comfort because you're you're now accustomed to the level. But you know, when you say you kind of figured out the offensive side, what changed? Uh, I think just honestly, my confidence changed. I think that uh, I was I had the confidence to pick up the puck and go for skates and, and find open areas and, and make plays that maybe I wouldn't have when I was 16. So I think yeah, just the just my confidence rose uh, rose quite a bit, and I think that that helped me. How difficult was it to, you know, you had that big what was it about 14, 15 month layoff, and then you kind of gather and you're only playing the same four other teams uh, in that stretch. And I know there were a couple, uh, who was it? It was it Kelowna that really uh, fell short of that 24-game uh, mark that everybody was trying to reach. But so different from a regular season 
Was it awkward for you as a player? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously the first couple of games were, were a little weird. I mean, a little scrambly. Everybody just took whatever, 14 months off. And, uh, yeah, you could tell it was a little sloppy. And playing in front of no fans was, was a little weird for sure. You kind of see what, everything that was going on around the rink. And, and yeah, it was, it was an adjustment for sure. But I think, I think uh, I'm kind of used to playing with no fans. I think it'll be a shock when we get them. <laughs> It would be nice nice to get back to a rink with fans, though, wouldn't it? I mean, that, yeah. that that must have felt really strange. Back Probably the last time you played in front of, you know, nobody was when you were a little kid and it was just parents in the crowd. Yeah, seriously, I think that was, yeah, we literally had, like, nobody in the stands. So I think even when I was little, I played in front of more fans. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Zach Ostapchuk is my uh, guest. He's a forward with the Vancouver Giants. Uh, Zach, with the uh, draft not that far away now, we'll – We'll uh, shift focus to that, and th- there'll be a lot of casual NHL fans, not WHL fans or junior hockey fans at all, who will listen to a segment like this because they want to find out you know, information about draft-eligible players. So for the benefit of those people who don't follow the league at all, maybe let's get some background. And uh, some of these are general questions, and I know the answer to a lot of them, but for the audience's benefit, uh, let's start at the beginning. Where are you from? I'm from St. Albert, Alberta. Born and raised? Born and raised. Do you remember who got you into hockey and how old were you when you started uh, playing? Uh, I was kind of just always up around hockey. I mean, my, my dad played hockey. He never really played high up, but he was uh, he was a big Oilers fan. So, I mean, we'd go to the games and uh, we'd, he was always on TV. So, I kind of just fell in love with it there. And then kind of had to beg my parents to let me play. And then uh, so they put me into skating lessons. And then, yeah, I just kind of kind of took off. And I think I was five. Okay. Started playing. You're uh, a forward. Have you always been a forward, or did you ever start like on the blue line or anything like that? Uh, I actually did back in uh, I think like Malavis. I was a, I was a, I was a D man, but uh, I wasn't very responsible defensively because I always wanted the puck. So I always <laughs> kind of drift down to the corner, and uh, yeah, so they decided to switch me forward. And uh, ever since then, I've always been a forward. Yeah, a defenseman who can't play defense probably should go up front. I think that's a, that's a wise decision. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know I when I talk to a lot of players, everybody will have to have uh, had to take their turn in net or something. Maybe it was you know novice or initiation or something like that. But uh, ever have one of those games where the coach says it's your turn, Zach, uh, put the pads on? Yeah, I was actually uh, back in novice house league. I was actually a pretty decent goalie. Oh, we ran into a hot team in, in a tournament, and I think they scored 20 on me, so I, uh, that was the end of my goaltending career. <laughs> 20 goals <laughs> against, yeah, that, that stat line doesn't look so good. Yeah, they're a good team. <laughs> uh, the uh, At the Bantam draft, uh, in your draft year, uh, and uh, that takes me back to uh, 2018, uh, 12th overall pick by the Vancouver Giants, so you didn't have to sit around and, and wait all that long to hear your name called. Uh, I know a, lo- a bunch of your guys in your draft class were in Philadelphia uh, at a, a tournament there. Um, other guys were at home or that maybe they were at school during the Bantam draft. Uh, what was that day like for you? Oh, uh, yeah, I was on that uh, Philadelphia team. So it, was, it was pretty cool. We had a lot of high-end guys, a lot of, a lot of top picks. So I think there were like 14 of us on that team that ended up going in the first round, and we were all together. So it was, it was definitely a cool experience. We were all kind of just watching in the lobby. Pretty sure there's a lot of like St. Albert or Edmonton area guys in the draft that year. So a lot of these guys that you grew up playing with or, uh, I guess, against? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, especially the Edmonton guys. Like, I was always on a spring team with them, the NAS Capitals. And, yeah, like Gunther and Chagall and Lajoie and all those guys. And, yeah, we always grew up playing together, so it was, it was pretty cool. 
Nice. Uh, now, when you're a high draft pick like that, uh, I imagine there's some pressure that goes along with that. I mean, the organization used a really high pick on you, and the fans are going to expect that you're going to be an impact guy. Uh, what about uh, from your perspective? Are you the guy who puts more pressure on yourself than anybody else that, you know, your expectations are, are at a level higher than even the fans would expect? Uh, I think so. I think I'm, uh, yeah, I do put a decent amount of pressure on myself. I think it's healthy pressure, though. I never, I never get down on myself or frustrated. It's just I don't have expectations for myself. Yeah, I think that uh, I do hold myself to the high standard and uh, I like when, when others do too, so. How did you feel about your rookie season? Uh, eight points, five of them were goals uh, through the 44 games before everything got shut down. I mean, it was definitely an adjustment. Um, I think the, around the 20-game mark, I really found my feet and I started to play play a lot better. And, and yeah, I think that uh, it was a, I thought I did have a good rookie season. I, I learned a lot. I think when you're 16, like that's, that's the most important thing is just learn, learn the ins and outs of the league and learn from the older guys. I think that you know, I did have a, a good rookie season. Now, uh, with the, the, the long break and the uncertainty of the start of the season, because it was your draft, or it is your draft year, uh, and not knowing for sure if the WHL was going to start up or not, I know there were a handful of players who went and played in other leagues, and uh, some guys went to Europe, not necessarily WHL guys, although uh, Carson Lambos did. But did you ever explore you know, options of, okay, well, if the dub's not going to play, I, I have to find some playing time. Were you close to going anywhere? Um, not really. I was looking a little bit into to the AJHL if, uh, if we got word that the season was officially cancelled. But other than that, no, I was just I was just kind of skating at a Vimy, Vimy Hockey Academy. There was a, like a big group of local WHL guys that were in the same position as me, just waiting. So I think we, we had some high-intensity skates, and yeah, we were all just getting ready for the season for like, for like three, four months, so. Well, and I don't know how much you thought about the draft uh, uh, over the course of those 22 games or leading up to it, and just uh, was it always something sort of in the back of your mind? I know there are guys who tell me that they try not to think about it at all, but other guys are always looking to see where they're ranked and with various outlets and things because they use it as a, some sort of motivation. Uh, what about for you, Zach? I mean, honestly, like I'm, I'm another one of those guys. I, I don't think about it all that much. I mean, it's obviously in the back of my head, like everybody thinks about it. But I think I did a, a pretty good job at just going out there and, and, and playing. I think that I, I didn't feel pressure of the draft. I think I was able to just kind of run, run with it, and uh, yeah, I keep it in the back of my mind. For those who haven't had a chance to watch you play, how do you describe yourself to, to uh, kind of describe? the way you're going to, what you bring to the table on a nightly basis, you know, what should we expect from Zach Ostapchuk on, on, on a, in any random game? Uh, I think I'm a very versatile player. I mean, um, uh, I got some good size. I can, I can really skate. I like to put the puck on that. I play good, uh, 200 foot game. And I think I just bring a lot of energy. I think that, uh, I'm physical. I, I can get in guys' heads. I can yeah, just kind of do whatever out there. I'm a very versatile player. Uh, the sheet I'm looking at says 6'3 and 198 pounds, but that could be out of date. Uh, what are you at now? Uh, I'm like just under 6'4, 205-ish. 6'4 and 205. All right. Have you always been like the biggest kid in your class? I mean, you're, you're, that's, a, that's a lot of size. Um, although St. Albert, I don't know if you uh, went to school with Mark Lejoie or something, but he's a pretty big dude too. Yeah, I mean, in elementary and all that, I was always the biggest guy. And then, you know, once I... Uh, Got to junior high, started going to school with Mark, and yeah, he always had me by like an inch all the time. I mean, uh, we've both been on a very, very steady growth pattern our whole lives. So yeah, we've always 
I've always been uh, definitely one of the bigger guys. When you get to a game against a guy that you're your buddies with in the off season or whatever that you went to school with, like Mark Lajoie, uh, but you're playing against Tri City or something like that, I mean, do you, do you have the opportunity to talk before or after games or on the ice? It's it's business though, right? Do you, I mean, you're you're putting him through the boards and he's trying to do the same to you. Oh yeah, I mean, when I play my buddies, I think we actually tend to play each other a little harder. Maybe a couple extra whacks here and there, and <laughs> a couple chirps, and uh, yeah, I mean, but then uh, when we get on the ice, I usually talk to them after the game and the, the tunnel. And, yeah, it's 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 fun playing against my buddies. Uh, now you mentioned the Oilers uh, being an, uh, an Edmonton area guy. They were your team growing up. Oh yeah, I mean, it kind of kind of got forced out of me with my with my parents. They're big Oilers fans, so. Uh, yeah, I've always been cheering for him. So you're not like one of those rebellious kids who's suddenly going to be a Flames fan to stick to his dad or something? <laughs> no, no, I was, was never like that. I was actually an Arizona fan for a little bit because I like Shane Dolan a lot, but ah. I was pretty loyal to the owner. Now, are there individual players, uh, whether they're with the Oilers or or in the league, um, that you kind of look to and say, all right, well, that guy's like 6'3", 6'4", and 200-ish pounds, and this, that's the way he plays and has success, so... Maybe I should pattern my game a little bit after that guy. Uh, yeah, there's actually two guys I like to watch. I like to watch uh, Sean Kateri on the Flyers. I think I just I think I play a lot like him. He's a big body that has has some skill and he's just a very versatile player like me. And then I, I like to watch Josh Anderson just because he's a big he's a big horse. Like mm-hmm. he's just fast. Nobody can shut him down when he gets moving. And I think I like to have aspects of his game too. Nice. Uh, what happens between now and the draft for you, Zach? I know uh, there's no NHL combine this year again, like last year. Um, but I know teams are reaching out and doing lots of zoom meetings and things like that. Uh, have you had a chance to, to have some of those? Yeah. I mean, I, I've had quite a few, quite a few zoom meetings here and there. And, uh, yeah, just for me, just, uh, getting better, honestly, just, just skating and, and working out and, taking care of my body and just having fun with my buddies. So I think that, uh, yeah, just enjoying my summer will, will get better is, is my plan. So, Are you a guy who plays other sports in the offseason? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, me and my buddies are always doing something outside. Like, we're really into basketball. I mean, we, we play that almost every night and, and spike ball and go for rounds of golf and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I do like to, like to play other sports. I know there are some people who just focus 100% on hockey all the time, and yet there are others who feel like playing other sports will make you a better athlete in, in general, more well-rounded athlete, and that will make you a better hockey player. Uh, is that the camp that you're in? I think for sure, yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, it just makes you more coordinated, especially like playing different sports like basketball and stuff. It's just kind of makes overall just yeah, like you said makes you a better athlete well zach listen i, I appreciate your time in the offseason like this uh best of luck at, at the draft and i know the uh the giants won't be through edmonton next year uh but uh hopefully we'll we'll get a chance to watch you play against the oil kings here in person again uh but certainly wish you the best of luck yes thank you very much for having me on St. Albert product, Zach Ostopchuk from the Vancouver Giants. And you look at some of the, the rankings for him. They're a bit all over the place. Central Scouting has him 60th in North America. Recruit has him 89. McKean's has him at 128. So there's a bit of a variance there for the way a lot of outlets look at Ostapchuk. But there's no question. This year, big year for for him. Much better than his rookie season, the, the way he talked about it. Just eight points last year in 44 games doubled that to 16 in half as many games this season. So big, big leap forward in production there for 
Zach Ostopchuk. All right, when we come back, we've got one more. It is the last 2021 Draft Spotlight segment of Season 16, and that's going to another Western Hockey Leaguer. I did not plan it this way. Uh, just uh, It's just how it worked out. I did have uh, a lot of invites out there, and uh, the ones that came back at the end of this season uh, uh, for this week's episode, most of them happened to be WHL guys. Well, we finish it with Colton Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. He is up next here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. And Dock will get back to it. Dock at his blue line. Comes to center, ducks around Leeson. In over the line on the wing, trying to go wide around. Paul gets in front, shoots and scores! Ah! Oh, let's go! Kirby Dock puts hand to the ear as if to listen for the boos from the crowd here at the Art Harris Center. But what a brilliant individual effort by Kirby Dock. And the Blades have opened the scoring in game two in Prince Albert. I'm Kirby Dock of the Saskatoon Blades, and this is the Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today. You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Who's scruffy looking? We are back on The Pipeline Show, and of course, this time of year, we continue to roll with the 2021 Draft Spotlight segments. Uh, every show the last little while, and this one as well, uh, getting to know another player who is uh, eligible for the upcoming NHL Draft. Of course, The Pipeline Show is brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, the best beef jerky in Alberta. you got to get it. From Spruce Grove or Leduc, there are two locations. But if you're in Western Canada and you can't make the drive, they'll ship it to you. So get in contact with either location and uh, enjoy the best beef jerky uh, known to man. Uh, my guest today uh, comes from the Saskatoon Blades. His name is Colton Dock. Uh, Colton, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate uh, you making the time in the offseason like this. Speaking of the offseason, since the bubble in uh, Regina wrapped up a couple of months ago, what have you been doing? Yeah, so when I when I first came back to to Alberta, everything kind of got shut down for the first uh, I think three three or so weeks, and you know we we're kind of just sitting at home and uh, doing what we could at home for a little bit of workouts, and and then we you know stuff got opened up, so we were we were able to go back into the gym and, and start skating, and and now everything's uh, mask free and everywhere's like that, so it's it's a uh, it's a lot nicer to to go into a rink with no mask and you know be able to get dressed in the dressing rooms and come in half dressed and stuff like that. Nice to get back to normal. Uh, hopefully we can knock on wood. We can stay like this and uh, things will continue to roll forward. All right. Let's look at the last, I guess maybe we'll say 15, 16 months and just how, how challenging it was for you as a player. I mean, it's your NHL draft season. You go back to November. We had no idea if the WHL would even start this year. It finally did in the spring. But how how difficult was this? Uh, you know, the last sixteen months on you, just from a mental standpoint. Yeah, obviously, you know, once uh, once COVID kind of hit, we were, I think we had like six or seven games left in, in our, my sixteen old season. So, you know, we were headed for for a playoff spot and then a, and a wild card wild card spot. So we probably would have ended up playing in Edmonton, and 
the first round of the playoffs. So that would have been you know, pretty cool to come back and play around my hometown and have my family come watch for, for the first round of playoffs. And, you know, and then obviously it shut down. So we got to you know, come home and, you know, it was probably about a, a 12 month uh, training process for the entire summer. And, you know, every couple of months they kept saying, you know, we're going to start at this date. We're going to start at this date and so on and so forth. And, you know, and finally around uh, February, January, they, they kind of locked it down and, and uh, made an agreement to, to have a subway hub in, in Regina. Was there ever a time where you thought, all right, this isn't going to happen here. I got to find somewhere to play. And there were, you know, a handful of WHL guys who went to the USHL. Carson Lambos went overseas. Uh, there were some guys in the OHL who didn't play at all, so they did go overseas. Were you ever considering something like that? Yeah, I think obviously my agent and I kind of talked and, you know, uh, I ran into the to the midget coach here in Fort Saskatchewan and I was out on the outdoor rink and he was walking by and he asked if I would come play and obviously he wanted me to come back and play for him. But <laughs> I think we were, you know, we were looking at, you know, overseas, if I can go play junior A here in the AJ or, or in the USHL. But I think those obviously would have just been temporary things and then come back to Saskatoon to, to play my 17-year-old season. Well, and uh, finally you did. And uh, 20 games you got in down in Regina in the Subway Hub uh, and 20 points in those 20 games. So point per game in the season for you, uh, albeit a short season. Uh, there'll be some who say, you know, what do you get out of 20 games? But uh, when it's your NHL draft year and you come out of it with a point per game season, uh, I'm guessing you're pretty happy with the way things went. Yeah, I think, you know, those games I, I got a, I got hurt in between the, you know, right in the middle of the season there, or shortened season, and missed a few games. But I think obviously, yeah, the 20 games were, were huge. Just 20 more games than, than a lot of kids got to play this uh, this year, especially going into their draft year and everything. So, you know, it was nice. It was good that the, the, the WHL and uh, Saskatchewan government kind of, you know, got a got a thing going for us so, so we could play. What was it like in the bubble? I mean, you, how long were you there? Is it like seven, eight weeks, something like that? Yeah, I was. 60 some days I think or something somewhere around there it was I think at the at the start where you know we were pretty eager to get everything going so everything was kind of happy you know everyone was excited just to get back on the ice with everyone and, and stuff like that and then you know in the in the middle uh, you're kind of hit that lull period you know you've been here for four weeks you have three weeks left to go like you don't really know which way to which way to go with your with your mood swings and everything like that but I think overall you know they did a really good job of we got to see each other every single day and I think the coaches kind of knew you know, we were at basically their beck and call 24 hours uh, of a day and uh, seven times a, a week. So they kind of, you know, let us do our, our own things at some days so we can, you know, have an off day, you know, we would go, there was a ping pong and pool area downstairs. We, you know, we would go down there, play some pool or, or some ping pong, you know, just to get away from everything. And you know, we'd go on some, some walks around campus because you know, we couldn't really leave campus because all the restrictions and everything for us. So, you know, we, we still had some stuff to do, and it was nice to you know, just kind of get away from everything, get away from the bubble, and just go downstairs or, or go for a nice walk. From a hockey perspective, Colton, what was the difference on the ice for you from your rookie season? You had 29 points, 11 goals in 62 games. We had 11 goals this year, and as I mentioned, point per game. Um, is it just a natural thing one year to the next? Do you expect that that uh, progression, I guess, development-wise. But what was the difference? Like, how? Where did the extra production come from? Yeah, I think for myself, I think when I you know, when I was 15, I didn't get to play any games going into going into my 16-year-old season because I was kind of 
going into those first few games, I was, I was 16 with nothing to really expect on, on how everything was going to go out there. And I think it took me a little bit to get used to. And I think once I, once I started getting used to it, I, in that second half, I kind of really showcased myself that when I was 16. And I think I just kept that, you know, following through and, and flowing through to my, to my 17 year old year. And obviously got to skate and train for about 12 months with, you know, we were with all these WHL players who were, who were around Edmonton and surrounding areas. So we got to, uh, you know, train with each other and, and play with each other, and it just uh, helps you grow as, as a person and player. Colton Dock is my guest here on the Pipeline Show in the 2021 Draft Spotlight. Uh, this part of the show, Colton, we like to uh, let my audience, and this time of year the audience is more, there'll be a lot of like casual NHL fans who don't pay attention to the Western Hockey League at all. Um, so they'll recognize your last name, but they might not know you. Uh, so let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, you mentioned we kind of talked about you're from Fort Saskatchewan uh, and you're in Sa- you're playing for Saskatoon, but uh, born and raised in Fort Saskatchewan. Yeah, so we we actually lived we had an acreage just outside of Fort Saskatchewan when I was like two years old. And my uh, my dad was trying to get us into minor ho- my brother into minor hockey around around that time, and he kind of figured out that they weren't uh, where we were going to play minor hockey wasn't going to allow underages, so. You know, me and Kirby always played. We would he would always play with uh, 99s and 2000s, and I always played with 01s and and 02s instead of with our age group. So my dad kind of you know right from day one kind of knew we were going to be hockey players, and he uh, he figured out the best way for us, uh, and it was to move to Fort Saskatchewan. So we, we moved here and, and played our minor hockey here, and you know he grew up with with the 2000s and 99s, and I grew up with the with the 02s. In all one, so we always, you know, played above each other, and you know, I think it was just better competition for us, and it, it made us the the players we are today. Now you're a forward. Have you always been a forward? Yeah, uh, my dad was a defenseman, so I think he kind of wanted us to yeah, be a forward. And I think there was a little bit of when I was like four or five years old, and I wanted to be like him because I would always watch him, and you know, at his old man hockey or something like that, be a defenseman. But I think he was pretty stuck with us uh, being forwards. Now I know a lot of players will tell me that uh, they, you know, in initiation or novice or something like that, you'd have to take your turn in net. Ever have one of those experiences? Yeah, actually, I did around I think ten, ten years old. I, my dad bought me a whole goalie set, and I went to a goalie camp, and he basically put me on the outdoor rink with my brother and, and a couple of his buddies, and let them shoot on me for an hour. And I came wow. back, and I said, I'm, I'm okay. I don't want to be a goalie. So. <laughs> It was kind of like that. I, I played one game in goal for, for my brother's spring team, actually, but I only got, like, four shots, and they uh, they demolished the team, so it was pretty funny. So your dad bought you a full set of goalie gear, and out of that, you played one game? Yeah, yeah, basically. I think, yeah, uh, his, his buddy was a is a, is a goalie uh, trainer or a guy who takes goalies and with the works on them, and, right. you know, she kind of helped my dad out, and, you know, we got me some gear, and, I went out there and then started doing some lessons and my dad stuck me on the outdoor rink with, with Kirby and a bunch of his buddies and they kind of lit me up. And wow. <laughs> and he, uh, there was one tournament Kirby was at where the goalie got sick and they only had one goalie. So I uh, put on his goalie gear and, and went in that. That's amazing. So uh, when you were out on the outdoor rink, did, did he almost get a sense that, uh, that dad just wanted somebody to have Kirby shoot the puck at? Uh, I think more or less it was, you know, he wanted Kirby out there so he'd he'd score he'd score on me and make me not want to be a goalie. <laughs> I think that was probably the main reason. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what's the age difference between you and Kirby? 
Uh, he's two years older than me. Two years older. Okay, I, I have a four-year-older brother, uh, and I know. I remember when I was a kid, I just wanted to do whatever he wanted to do. Usually, I ask guys who got you into hockey. You've talked a lot about your dad already, and and I think most people recognize the name Kirby Doc. Was that part of it as well? I mean, your dad got you started, but you wanted to continue playing because four-year-old Colton is following along with six-year-old Kirby's doing. Yeah, I think my dad played hockey, and you know, obviously, he was gonna. We were going to be some some athlete, and he was he was going to put us in in some sports. So he put us in hockey, and our neighbor here in Fort Saskatchewan is Tyson Bale, and he played in the WHL for for five years, and then went for, to U of A for a few years. So yeah. he was uh, he was a few years older than, than Kirby, and so obviously you know, Kirby got to watch him at a young age, so he kind of wanted to follow in his footsteps, and, and then I followed in Kirby's footsteps. So it was kind of like a trickle down effect, and obviously both our both our parents. You know, Tyson and ours uh, both played hockey, and so it was, uh, I guess, learning from the parents. Yeah, Tyson Bailey, former Kelowna Rocket, if I remember correctly, uh, for a long yeah. time. Now, I, I'm sure you get asked all the time, and you're probably sick of talking about comparisons or whatever. I'm Everybody, I'm sure, wants to know how similar you are to Kirby. I'm going to spin it the other way. What makes you different as a player? Yeah, I think, I think this year especially has kind of helped me, you know, identify differences in mine and Kirby's games. I think obviously we're both big and, you know, uh, we like to have the puck in our stick. We handle the puck well. I think, you know, I'm more of a, of a shoot first. Kirby's more of a, of a pass first. And I, I, I'd say I'm a power forward and, you know, Kirby's a, Kirby's a very strong forward and, uh, and he defends very well. So I think that's, you know, if I, you know, if someone's going to compare me to Kirby, I, I take the comparison every day, but I think, uh, the biggest difference in our games is probably the maturity with Kirby being two years older. And you know, every two years I get, I get older, that maturity will be at his level, but he'll be two years older than me. So he'll always be more, more mature than me. And that's just, uh, that's something that's just going to happen with age. Take me back to the Bantam draft uh, and where you were. I know uh, a lot of guys in your draft class were in Philadelphia uh, playing in a tournament. Were you one of those guys were, or were you back here? Uh, no. So I stayed home. Actually, I stayed home from school too. Okay, but uh, yeah, so I just stayed home with the family, and uh, I think that was right after our our Bantam Championships was over, or Alberta Cup, or something like that. So those guys headed off to Philadelphia. I, I kind of stayed home with my family, and uh, yeah, so I was just at home, and, and the draft happened. I think you know I went to Saskatoon, and obviously Kirby was there, so uh, there was quite a bit of uh, interviews to do about me with me and Kirby and yeah. stuff like that. So it was kind of a busy day. Was there a part of you at all that was like, I kind of want to go somewhere else and, and, you know, not be in his shadow? Because let's be honest, he's a talented player. He's a couple years older than you. So you're, as you've said it yourself, you're following in his footsteps. Did you ever wish that you could maybe set your own path? Yeah, I think, I think obviously, you know, it was really nice going, going there with Kirby, but I, I kind of realized, you know, noticed it when I was, when I was 16 and 15 going into, when I'd go for, for interviews, people would be, or like, you know, call me Kirby's little brother or something like that. So right. I think that's obviously, you know, I probably could get that anywhere, but it, I think it more happened in Saskatoon just because Kirby was there. But you know, it's not a bad thing at all because you know, uh, Kirby's a, is a very exceptional hockey player, and I got to learn from him when I was 15. I, you know, I got to watch quite a bit of games, and you know, I went up there and, and watched the playoffs when he was playing in them. So it was it was a great learning uh, learning uh, activity for me. You know, I got to watch all those guys and Chase Waters and Max Turlock as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you, you got to play a game with the Blades with Kirby, right? Uh, the last couple of years, he's been gone. 
Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't get to play. Only I played a preseason game with him, and that, that was about it on on the same line. Ah, that's unfortunate. That would have been fun. Anyway, all right, let's talk about the draft. Uh, has the draft been on your mind much? So I, I we can get, go back to even like last summer and uh, the fall when there was all the uncertainty of whether there was going to be a season in the dub or not. Um, were you always thinking about the draft? I think you know it kind of floats through your head from from time to time. I think the best thing you can probably do is just try not to worry about it. So I think sometimes it, it can be a lot of weight on, on a guy's shoulders. And I think uh, throughout the season, I think the 20 games kind of really helped me because I wasn't really most focused on, on the draft. I was more focused on playing hockey. So I think that's something where you know, it was it was easier for me to go through that time period, you know, just focusing on playing hockey and not just the, the draft aspect of, of it. And, you know, for those Ontario guys who, who didn't get a season there, you know, every day they're they're waking up to go train and skate to, and their their draft's going to be in their head because they don't really got much to, to put aside and and stuff like that. So I think that was probably an advantage, you know, us Western League guys kind of have. Yeah, I would think so. Uh, now I know some guys don't want to think about rankings or anything like that. Other guys actively seek out to see you know where Craig Button has them or Central Scouting or wherever, and they use that as like a motivator. What about for you, Colton? Yeah, I think obviously the Central Scouting one was. It was nice to see uh, at 19, but I think just, you know before that they had me as as a C-rated prospect, so that's going to be you know four to four to seven rounds. So right. I think uh, once I saw that, you know, I use it as motivation. I'm, I'm going to use this 19 one as motivation as well. I think there's, there's still 18 guys ahead of me, so there's still a lot, a lot of ground to cover, and that's I think that's what uh, what every kid's going to do. And you know, even if you if you're the first ranked guy, you still and you got a whole bunch of kids chasing you, so you gotta you gotta continue to work and every kid's going to do that. And that's going to be my goal as well, just continue to work and work. And you know, it doesn't really matter where, where you end up in, in the draft with overall or anything like that. It really matters what, what you do after that. I was going to ask you that exact question. So I'm glad you touched on that. Whether, you know, does it really matter in the long run or if you're first or second or third or seventh round pick, uh, you still, you can't, it's not like the, the work stops at the draft. Yeah, no, it definitely does not, not stop. And obviously I got to watch Kirby and, to learn from him, so it'll be a he'll be a good uh, teacher for me. The sheet I'm looking at says six foot four and two hundred and five pounds, but I don't know how up to date that is. So what are you at right now? Yeah, I think that's that's pretty accurate. I think you know, obviously when you come back to training, you at the start of training you, you lose a little bit uh, of weight just because you're trying to get your cardio and everything up to up to good because you know you take a few few weeks off. So we had the three weeks off of training because. There was no uh, no gyms or anything like that, so I think mean, you're just trying to get back up to up to your standards. And yes, yeah, so a six four two oh five is my current weight height. Now, uh, being an Edmonton area guy in Fort Saskatchewan, did you grow up an Oiler fan, or uh, were you sure maybe you might be a guy who looks at individual players more than a team? Yeah, my my dad had uh, season tickets actually to the Oilers, so we would uh, me and my brother would, would rotate every game home home game. We would switch. My dad would take us, so we were we were pretty big Oilers fans growing up. So when uh, the Blackhawks and the uh, Oilers meet in the playoffs uh, last fall, I'm guessing it was fairly easy to switch your allegiance uh, away from the Oilers, or was it? Yeah, honestly, it would have been like a, you know, when we Kirby was uh, when we found out Kirby was going to play the Oilers, obviously we were cheering for him. But yeah, I think if you know if, if it would have ended up the other way where orders but I won, you know, we still would have had a team to cheer for. So <laughs> it was kind of a, a win-win situation for us. But it was uh, really nice to see uh, you know Kirby uh, you know do really good in those playoffs and move on. 
What happens for you, Colton, between now and the draft? Uh, I know there's no combine, but a lot of teams doing Zoom calls and things like that. You got lots of that ahead of you? Yeah, I, I've probably done most. Uh, most of the teams are ready for, for Zoom calls and stuff like that. So I think right now they're probably just doing their second and third checks and, you know, they'll just call you and try and talk to you. You know, they, they didn't get to see us in person at all, so they don't really know how to how how we are as a, as a person. They just know how we are as a player. So I think for them it's, it's going to be a lot tougher you know, for them to make selections and, and pick players. And so I think uh, one of the biggest things that they, you know, they kind of joke about on, on the Zoom calls that they don't get to take us out for, for dinner or lunch or something like that because I think that's probably where you get, to, you get to know someone the best is when you get to go meet them in person. Yeah, and have a sort of a relaxing environment and casual conversation for sure. Uh, before I let you go, I should ask you, can you give us a, a self-scouting report just for those who, you know, maybe they're in the States or on the East Coast and they, they've never seen the Blades play. Um, how do you describe yourself as a player? Yeah, I, I'd say I'm a power forward who likes to have the puck on a stick, who, who can protect the puck well. I think I use my body to my advantage. and I'm not afraid to go to the front net or I'm not afraid to stand up for myself or my, or my teammates. I think I play both sides of the puck. And I think myself, uh, you know, if I'm consistently moving my feet, I'm, I'm going to be a pest to play against. I'm going to be a hard guy to play against. You know, I'm a big, strong guy. You know, I can box guys out in front of the eye. I can pin guys up on the wall. And I think I use my stick to my advantage and my reach and strip guys from the pucks and make plays. What areas of your game you think you have to spend the most time on uh, fine-tuning before you get to the next level? I think for, for all guys who are kind of my size, is, you know, your, your skating is always going to be a question as, as a bigger guy, you know. Every summer, I've kind of grown, and you know, you work on you work on your skating all summer, and then you grow two inches, and you kind of got Bambi like. So right. I think that's probably going to be the the biggest thing for me is is my skating and acceleration. Listen, Colton, I really enjoyed this conversation. I appreciate you making the time in the off season like this. Uh, best of luck, whatever happens with the draft. I know, uh, I guess next year the the blades will come to Edmonton, so you get that chance to play here. Yeah, uh, yeah, they got the preseason two games and first Edmonton and we'll get to come back here during the regular season as well awesome well then we'll see you in the fall enjoy the uh, the draft in the summer and we'll see you uh, come September or October all right thank you very much Colton Dock of the Saskatoon Blades who is uh, ranked by most as a second late second maybe early third round selection although uh, Central Scouting's final rankings have him 19th in just North America that would put him in the first round because you don't usually have you know a dozen euros uh, take it in the um, in the first round. It's another good year for Sweden. No, we'll watch for that. But uh, in general, if you're ranked in the top 20 in North America, you're probably a first round pick. But the central scouting ranking of Colton Duck is the uh, the outlier when you look at uh, uh, the bulk of uh, final rankings that are out there. Uh, just go into his prospect uh, profile page at Elite Prospects. Uh, Elite has him at 86. FC Hockey has him at 100. Um, the latest ranking from Bob McKenzie uh, put him at 73, and McKean has him at 57, and Recruit 84, and Smart Hockey has him at 73. So I mean, most people seem to see him. Most people see him as more of a a late second, early third round pick. So uh, the um, the fact that Central Scouting had him at 19 was definitely eye catching. Now Doc had a good year: 20 points in 20 games. 11 of those were goals. Those 11 goals that matches what he did in in a 62 game season the the year previous. So that natural progression from one year to the next where you, you just should naturally expect a player to have more production. That's that's significant that he had the same amount of goals in three times fewer games. 
So somewhat of a uh, draft day wild card. More likely on day two, but we'll see what happens with Colton Dock of the Saskatoon Blades. That does it for the 2021 Draft Spotlight segments uh, for this season, Season 16. We've got two more shows to go. I'll tell you what's uh, coming down the pipe here in a second. But, of course, thanks to all the players and all the uh, media contacts for the teams over the, the last, let's say, 12 months. Although I know because of the uh, the late 2020 draft, we didn't start these Draft Spotlight segments on time. And then with the stoppages for most seasons in the middle of the year, it was a, a much more challenging year to get the the draft eligible players on the show, but I really appreciate the players and their time and uh, the efforts that the the teams or their agents uh, went to to have uh, those players appear on the show. It is cleanup time here on the program as this week's episode has come to an end. A reminder to get your bidet from hellotushy.com/pipeline. Just by using the URL with pipeline at the end of it, you get an extra 10% off. So once again, it's hellotushy.com slash pipeline and get yourself a bidet. Stop wiping, start washing your butt. Much better for you, much better for the environment. You'll go way through way less toilet paper. You're going to notice that it, it basically pays for itself in a couple of months. Pretty simple to install and uh, they have now, they've upgraded now. It's a, a 3.0 version. I might have to get myself another one. I've got the, uh, the, the 2.0. Uh, now they have a 3.0. So I'll have to check that out and uh, see if we need to acquire another bidet. Can't go wrong. Here's where we're at. We've got two more shows in the works uh, before the NHL draft, and no players. In fact, it's all scouts. And uh, the recording of those scout segments is already underway. And here's sort of the the gist of uh, what we're doing. I've asked a number of scouts to come on the program, whether they're independent scouts or they're from one of the many outlets that are out there. And I, I, put, I put it to them this way. Give me six guys that you personally or you representing your outlet like a lot, arguably more than most people do. And then give me one more player that you like, but probably not as much as everybody else. You you know, if, if it's draft day and you're a team and someone else, someone selects that guy, you're okay with it because it means somebody else has been pushed down to you that you probably like more. So six guys with the thumbs up, one guy with uh, not not so sure about. And uh, I have reached out to, must be a dozen scouts so far, maybe not quite that many, 10, two or three others that I have sort of uh, waiting to see what the response is from everybody else. Well, so far the response has been fantastic. Here's the list of scouts who have confirmed that they will uh, be on the show here in the next couple of weeks. We've got Ryan Wagman from McKean's Hockey, Sam Cosentino from Sportsnet, uh, Chris Peters, Good friend of the Pipeline Show. Uh, Dauber Prospects will be represented with uh, Tony Ferrari. Uh, Elite Prospects head scout Mitch Brown will be back on the show. You heard from him about six weeks ago here on the program. Uh, independent scout Ross McLean. A future considerations uh, head scout Derek Newmeyer. Be the first time he's been on the show, but he's confirmed as well. So there's a number already and uh, some others. I have, probably have room for three more. Uh, and uh, I have reached out to a few, but haven't heard back yet. So if there's somebody that you think I should get on, why don't you let me know? You can send me a message on Twitter, at TPS underscore Gee, and uh, we'll see what happens. Really looking forward to the next couple of weeks, and then we've got the draft. We'll have one more show after the draft, and then I'm going on vacation for uh, about 10 days. So when I come back, it'll be the second week of August, and that will be the start of season 17 here on the pipeline show so lots to get to in the next three weeks 
and looking forward to kicking it off uh, with back-to-back scout shows. One next week and the one the week of the draft. If you heard the the versions that we did last year, they were extremely popular. Uh, so I'm looking forward to sharing them with you. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoy the weekend. Look forward to chatting next week here on the Pipeline Show, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. My name's Keith Flaming. See ya.